Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I'm here with Rupert today and I'm very excited to get into talking about KiwiSaver. Hi. Um, (laughs) How are you? I'm good, how are you? Very well, thank you. Um, So maybe we'll start with you explaining who you are, your role and what your sort of day-to-day looks like at the moment. So I'm Rupert Carlion, I founder and managing director of Cotter. We are a brand new KiwiSaver scheme that's all based around digital advice. We spent a long time, I've spent a long time involved in KiwiSaver, kind of was involved all the way back at the very start in 2007. And I went away to the UK and I came back in 2014. And we were really surprised to look and see that actually nothing had changed between 2007 and 2014 in KiwiSaver. Mm. People weren't engaged in their KiwiSaver, people were making the wrong decisions with their KiwiSaver. There was a huge misalignment between what people expected out of KiwiSaver and what they're going to get. And providers weren't really doing a great job at helping their clients and helping people make those better decisions. So we um, spent some time looking around the world and go, what's a, is there a better way? Is there a way that we can help people do better for themselves? And the really quick answer came back, digital advice. Mm. It's a really, really popular tool internationally, um, but for some reason in New Zealand, it's just it, no one's doing it. Um, and I think there's not really sure why, but we see the potential to kind of have a digitally advised KiwiSaver scheme will help people with better outcomes because people make the right fund decisions. They'll also be informed and we kind of make sure they understand what their KiwiSaver is going to give them. And so we're changing the tune so rather than saying to people hey here's a whole lot of information off you go do a whole lot of research and try and make some decisions we're saying hey here's where you should be based on your circumstances Mm. based on what you need Um, you now need to kind of find a good reason not to do that so we're trying to change the conversation to bring it really about the person Mm. rather than about the scheme yeah yeah that's really good (laughs) especially because I think that it's one thing getting into KiwiSaver as it is, especially when you're young and if, like you sort of just do it because that's the norm, but it's not about you wanting to do it. And then once you are there making better decisions yeah. and knowing what even decisions you have to make. I mean, I didn't even know that you could choose your fund manager no. until like three years down the track. So. And so it's really interesting, right? So most people go, what do you mean KiwiSaver decisions? I signed up, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of yeah. sign up and they work. Uh, when you ask them, who were you with? Oh, well, I just, when I joined my work at um, KPMG, this is kind of, they just signed me up and I don't really know. Mm. Oh, yeah, so, um, so you know you can choose different fund managers. Oh, really? That's interesting. And then they go, oh, yeah. Or you get the other people that go, um, I'm, with, um, I'm with ASB or I'm with Fisher Funds. Oh, what, what fund are you in? What do you mean? There's different fund types. Yeah. There, there's just a whole exactly. world of information that people don't really understand it, mm. and the scariest thing is is making the wrong decision can be really expensive yeah and so if a really good example is um, if you sit in a default or a conservative fund your whole life um, which if you don't make an active decision that's where you're going to be 
you can be $200,000 worse off just by doing it properly along the way through. Um, and it's that the piece that shocks people. They go, but why has no one told us that? Why is no one doing more to help us make those exactly. right decisions? And that's what we want to get people to understand. We yep. want people to understand KiwiSaver is an investment product. Yeah. It is a complex product and you need to make important decisions and you should be looking for help to make those decisions. Yeah, agree. And taking it back a bit, I suppose, do you want to provide us with an overview of what KiwiSaver actually is and how it can benefit a New Zealander? Yeah, so KiwiSaver is a retirement saving scheme. Though it's been slightly diverted to also be a first home saving scheme. Um, but fundamentally, the objective of KiwiSaver is to help people save for their retirements. Um, we do have NZ Super, but NZ Super will only give you an income, if you're a couple, it's only going to be $300 a week, which unfortunately is nowhere near enough for most people to live with. In New Zealand, we're starting to see increasing rates of retirement poverty, um, which is driven by growing inflation and lower household incomes. I'm sorry, lower home ownership. And so KiwiSaver was introduced as a mechanic to force people to save more for their retirement. And so fundamentally what it is, is it's kind of, there's two separate mechanic parts of KiwiSaver. There's the contributing side of it, and then there's the investment side. So on the contributions, you, it comes out of your salary. For most people, it's just a deduction out of your salary. So you can choose to contribute three, four, six, eight, or 10% of your salary, and that's deducted by your employer, um, and just pass straight onto the IAD, who will then pass it on to your provider. That Though that's not the only contributions that you have, you'll also have employer contributions. So if you put in 3%, then most employers will also match that 3%. Um, so that's kind of seen to be the incentive to try and encourage people to contribute. And then also the government will also contribute for you as well. So if you contribute $1,042, um, well, up to $1,042, the government will match that 50 cents in the dollar to give you $521 as well. Mm. So just thinking about the contribution side for a minute, um, just to put this into round numbers, if you today you earn $50,000 a year, you're going to be taking home about just under $800 a week um, in your post-tax, post-KiwiSaver pay. Um, of that, as an, employer, you will, as an employee, you'll be putting in $30 a week, um, but actually the government and your employer will also be topping that up to make it so that actually what's going into your savings account, your KiwiSaver, is $60 a week. So immediately, you've managed to turn $30 into $60. So it's not a bad, money. It's, not, it's not a bad <laughs> trade. The, the second side of KiwiSaver is the investment side. And this is where it gets a bit harder and a bit more complex. So what you will be doing is choosing a provider that will invest your money. And there are about 30-odd different KiwiSaver providers in New Zealand. Each KiwiSaver provider will have a range of different funds to match um, different objectives and different risk appetites. So... What you need to do is you need to figure out first and foremost what is the right type of fund for you based on your objectives and your risk appetite. Um, and so that's really important. So a young person that wants to invest in a house very shortly, that person needs to be in a low risk fund because 
um, they're going to need their money shortly, which means they don't want a massive exposure to the market. Yeah. A 30-year-old that will be about to invest in that saving for their retirement can take heaps of risk. So as you're thinking on the investment side, this is one of the areas where you need help, is going, what is the right fund type for you? And then after that, it's about finding the right um, it's about finding the right scheme for you based on a whole lot of things. It's fees, it's investment style, and it's um, customer service and how much help they're willing to give you. Yeah. So that's why KiwiSaver is sold as a really simple little product. Particularly, it's kind of, you go into a bank and they say, oh, you've got a current account with us. Well, you just give us your KiwiSaver, don't think about it. Yeah. Uh, but actually, there's a hell of a lot more to it. Yeah. Um, and so why should you do KiwiSaver? Fundamentally... The two reasons are that free money. So you're putting in your $30 a week. That turns into $60 a week. And then again, um, but that money is going to be invested. And so that $60 a week, by the time you hit 65, that would have kind of accumulated up into a balance of about $550,000. And actually, that's going to give you an income of about $260, $270 a week for the rest of your life. And to me, that's a fairly good trade, right? Yeah. I put $30 a week away, and then by the time I get to 65, I've turned that $30 a week into an income of $250 or $260. And so that's the reason to do it. And I think we can all say, putting away an extra $30 out of our income today, it's not that hard. Um, I mean, an intro, a recent survey from the FMA showed that 45% of people believe they could actually contribute more to their KiwiSaver. Mm. Um, but I think it's really important to move it away from the 3% of your salary or that conversation and just think, looking at all my expenditure, can I find $30 a week to put in to give me my $300 a week when I get to retirement? Yeah, no, it is definitely realistic. and. A more specific question, will every employer in New Zealand contribute? So, no. That's one of the quirks of the legislation. Unfortunately, that was the initial intention, but that was unwound in 2010, post-GFC. And so about 20% of employers offer what they call total remuneration packages. So they might turn around and say, hey, Rupert, we're paying you $50,000. you can decide whether you want to put that into um, your KiwiSaver or not, but we're going to give you a total of $50,000. So they're going to say, okay, we can either pay you $50,000 cash or we can pay you $48,500 cash and put 3%, so $1,500 into your KiwiSaver um, to make it whole. So there's about 20% of employers that do that. Mm. We call them the naughty employers because they're kind of, (laughs) that's not, that's not the intention of the legislation and that's not what as a country we need to be helping people pay pay for their retirements in the future and save for their retirements Mm. Um, and doing that kind of thing avoids those um, just moves us away from those objectives Mm. Um, and let's talk a bit more about quarter's role in all of this and in a person's KiwiSaver and then also maybe what sort of is a fund basically, for people, and what do fund, what funds do Kura offer? Yeah, so our view, so we have an, a motto that um, every Kiwi deserves a great retirement, and every Kiwi deserves 
the right KiwiSaver to get that great retirement. Mm -hmm. And so at Koro, what we've done is we've gone and built a set of digital advice tools. So you answer a few short questions, tell us a little bit about you. We ask some questions about your appetite to risk. And we will make a recommendation as to what is the right type of fund for you. And then we'll also deliver you some advice around, hey, this is how much money you're going to have for your first home, or this is how much money you're going to have for your retirement. Um, a pretty, if it's a retirement piece, a pretty clear view as to, is this enough or not enough? We're brave enough to actually make some statements like that, which not many other providers are. Mm, yeah. Um, and then how things are meant to change. So. As you go through our process, we give you a huge amount of information so that you can make a really, really informed decision about what do I need to do with my contribution rates? Am I going to be really disappointed when I hit 65? Do I need to contribute more? Or am I kind of comfortable knowing that I'm only going to have 50, 60% of my income? Um, we're going to build a set of funds that specifically works to you and your risk, risk appetite. Um, and asset allocation, which is portfolio theory, is by far and away the most important consideration um, in delivering returns over the long run. And so mm. for us, that's why we really focus on making sure that it is perfect for you and right to your objectives. Um, so that's, the, that's the, our core premise, is going, how do we move KiwiSaver away from being a generic bulk product and sold as another bank account? Um, into how do we make it really easy for people to make the right investment decisions for this complex investment product. So that's our kind of how we get people through and that's where we see the real value that we add for people. Yeah. Um, but then on the investment side, what we have is because we've got our slightly different approach of how we build people's KiwiSavers, we don't have the standard growth balanced and conservative funds. Okay. We have um, six different funds which represent asset exposures. So we have a US equities fund, a New Zealand equities fund, an emerging markets equities fund, a rest of world equities fund, fixed income and cash. And we're using our digital advice tools to put together these mixes of funds so that every client can have their own portfolio and it's all a bespoke portfolio for you rather than a standard growth balanced or conservative option. All of our funds are invested passively, um, which all the theory says should outperform over the longer run, and we have some of the lower fees in the market at 0.63 of a percent. Um, a standard advised product in New Zealand probably goes for more, over double that at one and a half percent, and so we're kind of we're pretty pleased with how we've done it. For us, as a business, our focus is saying, hey, 95 percent of return is delivered by asset allocation and making those right decisions. That is what's going to make a difference for your KiwiSaver and for your retirement. And so that's where we've focused all of our attention and said, hey, we've got a we've got a pretty good we've got a really good set of funds over here as well. But actually by working with us to build it for you, that is what's going to give you the best outcome. Hmm. Yeah, and I think sometimes another thing that people don't realise is that they can speak to their fund manager or their KiwiSaver provider. Completely. And especially through like what we've seen, it's been an opportunity for people to take that on board and speak to them. And I think it's the first time a lot of people have even done that because you think, like you say, you, you've got your KiwiSaver and that's done. You don't think about it until you no. need to take it out. Exactly. And that's how people see it. But it's 
it's good to remind people that you can actually approach those people and speak to them. Oh, you completely. Yeah. You, you should be talking to your KiwiSaver provider. Mm. You should be having a conversation with them to go, and I'd counsel everyone that's listening to this to ring up your KiwiSaver provider and say, hey, this is the type of person that I am. Can you just confirm that I am sitting in the right type of fund? Can you confirm that I've kind of got my KiwiSaver outcomes right? Because I mm. think... It's a re- look, the, the scary thing is most people go to Google to do that. Mm. But we know on the first search page of Google, you're going to get six conflicting stories. Um, and so that's why I'd suggest to everyone, talk to your KiwiSaver provider. Make sure you've got yourself set up. Make sure that you've got your contributions right and your KiwiSaver provider can help you with that. Make sure that you've got the right fund type for you. Mm. And to be blunt, if the KiwiSaver provider can't give you those answers and is not willing to give you that help, it's probably time to find a new one. I totally agree because another strange thing that I always hear is people saying, oh, well, I was told to speak to an advisor and I need to speak to a financial advisor about everything and all of this in my KiwiSaver. And I'm like, but why aren't you talking to your KiwiSaver provider, like the person there? Uh, yeah, and look, so I think KiwiSaver provider, there's not much difference, right? Mm. So some providers were much more hesitant and won't give you much yeah, help so true. I think that's, that, that is an important point mm. and so you do need to but again if you want help and your KiwiSaver provider is not willing to give it to you then it, you need to find a new one yeah. to be blunt mm. um, you also need to be careful around financial advisors mm. um, because you do need to remember that a financial advisor is very well remunerated for selling KiwiSaver to you yeah. um, most of them will be paid an upfront fee plus an ongoing trail commission and so by working your way through a financial advisor, you will all of a sudden end up in a much more expensive product. Yeah. Um, and again, so because of the rules around advice, some of them, most of the people that are selling KiwiSaver at the moment are not actually allowed to give proper personalised KiwiSaver advice, yeah. only generic pieces as well. So yeah. there is just a little bit of a, a mix there and it's only when you get to asking questions and asking your provider or asking your financial advisor whether this is personalised advice for you, yeah. that's kind of how you get to the bottom of some of that stuff. Yeah, it's about people like need to take an interest in their own financial Completely. situation. No one's so. going to sort it for you. Yeah, exactly. And no one's going to care about getting the most benefit out of it as like you would be for yourself. So no. I think another thing to remember is like the education piece. You need, you need to go out there and seek the information. And it can be hard, I suppose, to go out there and like do it for yourself. But actually the information is there for the taking. Oh, it's definitely there, right? And mm. I think... Um, it, it just requires a little bit of time yeah. um, and, and a little bit of effort. Yeah. Find someone that you know that is good with money. Ask that person some of these mm. questions. Um, go and ask different people different things. And mm. then I think what I would also say is if you've talked to one person and you're not 100% sure, just ring up the phone and call another provider. It doesn't have to be your provider that gives you the advice mm. as well. Um, but fundamentally there are lots of people there available and willing to help mm. um, and it's but if you never ask the question you'll never get the help very true and so following on from that what are some common mistakes or patterns that you see New Zealanders making with their KiwiSaver so the biggest one of all is fund selection mm. and so 
what we see is we see a lot of people um, that have chased high returns over the last couple of years in growth funds. So people, so fundamentally, the markets are volatile. The markets will always go up and down. And so based, and typically, this crash has been very different to a normal crash. Mm. But normally what happens is every eight to 10 years is a market crash, and then it'll take three to four years to recover from that crash. Um, and so because of that, if you need the money in the next five years, what we say to people is, you shouldn't be invested in a growth fund, you shouldn't be have too much of an exposure in the share market. Mm. But over the last year, kind of five, 10 years, we've had this amazing run. So we saw lots and lots and lots of people who were about to buy a house were invested in growth funds. Mm. Um, and on the flip side though, we also see people, far too many people invested in kind of conservative funds. So the biggest mistake you will make is making is not being in the right fund because you'll either be too too risky, which means the moment when you need the money, there might be a market downturn which is going to cost you, mm. or you might be too conservative, um, which means that you're not taking enough risk to earn um, the returns that you need. So number one rule: making sure you're you're in the right fund. Number two: um, make your plan and stick to it. Mm. So if all of your work and all of your analysis and the people that you've talked to have said, this is the fun type for you, put yourself there and don't move away from it until something changes. Because what we see is saying in March, for example, this year where markets were down 30%, the average growth fund was down about 20%. Um, what that means is people reacted badly and a lot of people switch we saw about 10 15 percent of people switch mm. that's a really quick way of destroying wealth yeah. um, and destroying money and so that's why for us so it's really important that once you've made your plan you stick to that plan mm. and you need to be brave enough to kind of see through the ups and downs of the market and if you're not brave enough then you need to kind of you probably need to be in a different fund to start with as well so we go back to the first point the third big piece for people is KiwiSaver is not set and forget. So you change, yeah. you, you'll get older, you'll get closer to retirement, you'll get closer to buying your first home. Um, fundamentally, what that means is that we, that means that you will need to do things, um, you will need to change your risk appetite, you will need to change your fund type, yeah. um, you need to constantly be reviewing, is your KiwiSaver still going to be going for it? So, I think that's the piece that other thing a lot of people forget about. It's about saying, hold on a sec, just because I set myself my KiwiSaver up properly five years ago, that doesn't mean it's still set up right. So you do need to go back and you do need to review. It's not as simple as set and forget. Mm. So the key piece there, I think, is have a plan. And that is something we will go into in a later episode um, so that you can actually set um, that and keep it for as long as your KiwiSaver journey is going. Exactly. And so how can KiwiSaver, or well, I think a better way to phrase this question would be, for young people who do see their KiwiSaver as something that is set and forget, and they can't see that instant benefit because young people might like the instant gratification of having money, but they can't get that with a KiwiSaver, how should they think about it as benefiting them now for the long term? No, so there's a, big, there's a big piece of research that I read recently. It talks about the difference between money stress and money worries. Mm. Money worries are the long-term things. So that's retirement, that's uh, depending on your age, it might be buying your first home, it might be 
funding your kids' education or whatever. Those are money worries. Those things never disappear. And then you've got the money stresses, and we all focus on that because that's the day-to-day surviving. Can I afford to go on a holiday next week? Can I afford my rent? Can I afford this? Can I afford that? And what, as a young person, if you can deal with the money worries, i.e., you know what, for 30 bucks a week or 50 bucks a week, I've got my retirement sorted, then that's going to make your money stresses a whole lot easier. And it's kind of thinking, yeah, it's not a today thing, but actually it is something you will have to deal with. It is a problem for the future. And the sooner you deal with it, the better it is. Um, And also it's quite a nice feeling going, you know what, I don't have to worry about that thing over there anymore because I'm doing it, I've already sorted that one out. And so the less of the money worries that you have, the easier the money stresses become because you don't have any of those long-term anxieties as well. Mm, That's a really good way of thinking of it. And what are some important things for people to look for in a KiwiSaver provider if now they're just sitting with their bank and they don't know what to do with it? So I think three things in my mind. One is, do they have the right fund for you? Mm. And most people kind of do, but um, is there the right asset allocation, the right risk appetite and the right risk profile of that fund for, for you and your objectives. That's the most important piece, right? It comes down to the fund rather than the KiwiSaver provider. Mm-hmm. Second thing, um, I would be looking at a fees. Um, do you need something with high fees, low fees? Um, generally, you can pay anything from 30.3% all the way up to one5 1.6% in terms of fees. The more fees you pay, the less return there is for you, and there's no correlation at all between um, the higher fee guys generally don't deliver higher returns. So make sure you understand the fees. The third piece would be um, help. Is your provider giving you the help that you need to make the right decisions? Mm -hmm. Um, And arguably that should be the most important piece because the KiwiSaver decisions that you make will be the most important thing of determining what your retirement is. Um, Fourth thing, sustainability. Does it have an ESG set of environmental, social governance objectives Mm. that align with what you want to do um, and with your objectives? And then the final piece, and it is the last thing to look at, is returns. So number one rule on finance, past performance does not equal future performance. Um, it's very rare that a fund manager will continue to outperform over the long run, which is why you shouldn't choose um, a fund manager based on their performance. In saying all of that, there are some pretty bad performers and there are some fund managers that are consistently at the bottom of the pack. Mm. Um, And so if they've been consistently at the bottom for the last 10 years, five years, three years, they're probably someone to stay away from. Mm. It's... It's rather than using that as someone, as a mechanic to choose a fund manager, it's probably a better use as, okay, is this a fund manager I need to avoid? Um, And so if they're consistently in the bottom half, it's probably time to move on and find someone new. Yeah, and I'm keen to hear your thoughts on default schemes. So if someone is to be put, say, with their bank, like what are your thoughts around that? Do you think they're just as good or...? Um, I think you've got to... So I think there are one or two banks that are pretty good. I think there are the default funds as in general have not really done what they need to do. Mm. Uh, we did some work a couple of months ago that showed that actually 
the growth and balanced funds within a def within sorry the growth we looked at all of the growth and balanced funds in the market and what we saw is that the default providers growth funds materially underperformed the non-default funds because those guys the non-default fund managers have had to work a lot harder to build their customer base they generally a smaller, more nimble, um, and just I think they've done a better job on the fund side because they've had to, whereas the default providers have just kind of used that huge churn of default customers mm. to come through. Is KiwiSaver in general something that we should be keeping an eye on or that we should leave in terms of looking at returns and that sort of thing? Is that something we should get hung up on? You shouldn't get hung up on it, but you do need to have a look at it. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's monthly or quarterly. Um, probably quarterly is a good thing to have a look at it. Um, mm-hmm. Again, making sure that um, you aren't, nothing's gone funny, you aren't in a fund that's materially underperformed um, and continues to underperform. But it's saying that um, you shouldn't be thinking about it too often and you shouldn't be probably thinking about it more than at least once a year mm. um, because otherwise you need to remember what we said you create a plan and stick to it yeah um and if you're looking at it every week and every month you go well what's what value are you going to add it's probably just going to add worry if things aren't going well yeah but if you have made your plan and you've kind of got in your head that you're not going to do anything about it when you see what's happening um then you're better off leaving it alone and then when you come to reviewing your plan the next year have a good look at it then but there's no value to be had by looking at it on a very regular basis. Yeah, I think if you get too emotionally involved in looking at what those numbers are doing, you could end up making decisions that have an adverse effect to what you your plan. Completely. Was so there's again, I read too much research, but there's a big piece <laughs> of research out um, from Vanguard, so one of the largest fund managers in the world, saying the key to investing is protecting yourself against your own emotions mm. um, and your own your own ability. Sorry, you, the decisions that you make around when to invest, when to pull back, when to take risk, that is generally what destroys more value than anything else yeah. um, where people try and time the markets and people try and do things. Mm. Um, and so the research from Vanguard shows that the average US investor, and as a KiwiSaver member, you are an investor, you need to remember, yeah. um, will miss out on 4 to 5% per annum in terms of returns just by making those decisions um, at the wrong time mm. versus if they're just kind of stuck in a plan and left it there and never touched anything. Mm, that really doesn't surprise me either. And are there any small changes or decisions we can make, I suppose, aside from picking the fund or creating a plan that like any small changes we can make to have a more positive outcome on our KiwiSaver? Contributions. Hmm. So that's the other big one. That's the other side of it. So the investments, you need to make sure the investments are working as hard as they can, but they can only do so much. At the same time, um, you need to be thinking about what your contribution rate is early. And again, if you go an extra $10 a week into your KiwiSaver, um, so maybe you put it from 3% up to 4%, um, that's going to make a huge difference by the time you get to your retirement age. Mm. That's going to give you, and um, because fundamentally it'll just mean more money's going in. So small changes in contributions will make a massive difference by the time you get to your retirement age. Mm. And what is the difference between the people who end up having a KiwiSaver balance that is 
a lot bigger than those who have quite small KiwiSaver balances? Like, do you have to be a really smart investor to maximise your KiwiSaver? No, you don't have to be a smart investor at all. All you've got to have done is done the thinking early. Mm. And early is the most important part, right? The person that sets a solid plan at 20, 25, 30 will have a good chance of hitting that plan and hitting their targets. The person that makes a plan at 50, no chance. Yeah, yeah. And is there a right or wrong time or wrong thing to do when it comes to taking your KiwiSaver out? Say like with first home versus retirement? Um, I think there is no right or wrong answer on this. Mm. And even in my head I've been grappling with what what the right advice is, yeah. And, and fundamentally it comes down to your own personal situation. Yeah. At the end of the day, buying a house is not easy. Mm. Um, buying a house is so you do need to figure out where and how you're going to fund that the one thing that's really important though is believing that you're going to make a whole lot of money out of your house and then use that to fund your retirement that is a complete misnomer at the end of the day you still need to live you still need a you will be getting you've lived in a nice home in a nice suburb up until the age of 65 70 there's no reason why you're going to get to the age of 70 and decide that all of a sudden you no longer want to live in a nice home in a nice suburb. Um, you might be able yeah. to downsize and do something slightly smaller. Mm. Um, but fundamentally, you still, with kind of the types of houses that we're all buying now um, and the smaller houses that our generation will get, I just don't see that as a massive way. Your, your, first, your house, your residential house that you live in, is not a way to fund your retirement. Mm. And that's exactly the kind of thinking that stopped me from getting into KiwiSaver in the first place, as in that's what I was told. So, yeah, very important as well to know that. Um, And do you think there's an ideal contribution rate for everyone, or it's an it depends? Um, No, well, it depends depends a little bit on what you want your KiwiSaver to do for your retirement. Mm. So if you contribute 3%, you're going to end up with an income of about 50 to 55% of your current income by the time you get to retirement. So the yeah. way we think about KiwiSaver is big balances, so $600,000 balance is meaningless. It all comes down to how much is that going to give you as a weekly income for your retirement because mm-hmm. that's what you live on and that's what you spend. Yeah. So 3% plus 3% employer contributions, that's going to give you about 50%. Nowhere near enough to retire on, to be blunt. Yeah. Um, all the research says you need 70 to 100%. If you up your contributions to 10% um, and then you still get your 3% employer plus you get the government, then that's pushing you close, pretty close to 100% of your income um, by the time you get to retirement. And that might sound like a lot, and we were really surprised when we did that kind of set of maths. I'm yeah. um, thinking, no way, this can't be true, it's too hard, it's impossible. Yeah. But actually, Australia's about to move to 14% super contributions. Wow. Um, and the OECD, the average contribution rate is about 15%. Um, so us sitting there at 6%, so 3 plus 3, we are the outlier in terms of how low it is. And that's something I think um, as a country we will need to address over time. And do you have any success stories through that you've heard about through KU7 people building up their um, balance over time? The success story is that I think about uh, the people that say to us that over the last couple of months have gone 
oh wow, I've heard all this negative stuff on my KiwiSaver, but then I've looked in my KiwiSaver portal and realised that actually I've got more money than I did back in February. Yeah. Um, the nice positive surprises about how well their KiwiSaver has done, the, the people that think saving is really hard and haven't looked for a year and then go, oh wow. Mm. I've got an extra 10, 20 grand sitting in here in my KiwiSaver. This is awesome. Yeah. This is amazing. And I didn't even notice any of it. It just happened without me. Mm. So I think that it's about the nice things with KiwiSaver is if you leave it alone and you ignore it, it can actually do some really good things for you. Yeah. Um, in terms of probably the best news story that I've got, it's not KiwiSaver, but it's a, it's a good friend of mine who... Um, he's got a very, very large investment portfolio. And um, I remember talking to him about six months ago, and he says, oh, this is... He's like, yeah, I've kind of over the last three years, I've been averaging kind of 18 19% returns per annum. This year, he kind of... And even after COVID, he's still doing extremely well. Mm. He's like, oh, what have you done? Have you done some... No, no. I just set my plan, I put my passive investment approach in place and I left it there and I didn't touch any of it. Yeah. Um, and that's all he's done. And it's kind of like, yeah. and it shows simplicity and sticking to that plan, it works. Yeah. To finish this off, what resources do Kura offer to people to upskill and where can we find you guys? So uh, we have a website, www.kurawealth, K-O-U-R-A-W-E-A-L-T-H, .co.nz um, and there we have an education section where we do have a lot of articles and a lot of blogs around anything um, if you do have any questions we also have our advice tools where if you put in your details then we will generate a piece of advice which I would urge you all to go through even if you're not just thinking about your KiwiSaver and you don't want a new provider um, do go and do that and read everything that we've given you you're going to understand the fund selection that's right for you, why that's right for you, how your KiwiSaver needs to change over time, what your KiwiSaver is going to give you. So it's a really good education resource for you mm. um, if you kind of to help you make those right decisions. Yeah. And then have a hunt through the articles if there's anything in there of interest. Or if you do have a question, just email us. So um, e email at info at curlwealth.co.nz. Um, any question and we'll get back to you as soon as we can awesome cool I didn't even know about some of those things so I have to do that <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and um, we will be back for another episode soon so tune in then guys but yeah thank you so much for your time thank you my pleasure Alright guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project and I'll catch you on the next one. 